Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Thursday, February 15th, 2024. Hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. I had an outstanding Valentine's Day. I'm sporting the fruit of Valentine's Day. This is my new Cotopaxi beanie from REI that my lovely and gracious wife, Susan Gilbert, gave to me. And, you know, I love to accessorize with my with my beanies and my skull caps. And this is the latest edition, and I could not be happier. I, I'm, I'm, I'm even sleeping in this. So anyway, enough of that. You're not here to hear about my Valentine's Day. You're here to about you're here to hear about the Word of God. So our practice here is we go through uh, the passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at on Sunday mornings at that upcoming Sunday. Of course, we're in Matthew's Gospel. And the passage that that is under um, our purview is um, one of the most um, controversial. It's one of the most uh, astounding, amazing passages. No shortage of discussion, debate. And so it's taken us a couple of weeks here to get our arms around it. So let me read the, the passage, and let's pick back up where we left off yesterday. And again, just have your Bibles ready, because we're going to do a good bit of cross-referencing today, some actual Bible study, okay? Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Wow. So last week, we really spent our, most of our time unpacking the, the confession of Peter, right? And it's, it's supernatural nature, it's certainty. Um, and, and this week, we've, we've really honed in on this, you know, th this idea of, yes, Jesus has promised to build his church, but how is he going to do that? And the traditional interpretations, the Roman Catholic view, which we have um, said we don't think holds any biblical, historical, theological merit, is that what Jesus is doing here, he is entrusting to Peter solely the primacy of the authority of the church. That in perpetuity, the person who sits on the seat of Peter as the Bishop of Rome, the Pope, now has um, absolute authority over the church. He is literally acting on behalf of Christ. And we looked at a number of reasons why that we don't we we think that's not just improbable, but that's just blatantly false. The other apostles certainly didn't think this was the case. Peter himself, <laughs> as he's conducting himself in his apostolic ministry, writing his letters, doesn't think that's the case. And historically, we know the papacy did not arrive for many, many, many dozens and hundreds of years um, until after Peter's death. And so, so for, for that and, and many other reasons, you can go back and listen to yesterday. Uh, we don't think that's that that's feasible at all. Well, 
the Protestant view, okay, those outside the Roman campus say, well, of course it's not Peter, it's his confession. And that's what Jesus promises to build his church on. And for sure, Jesus does build his church on this confession. Without this confession, there is no church. But we go too far if we say that Peter doesn't play any part in this at all, right? Um, you cannot, one, the grammatically, Petros, uh, Petra, these are the same, literally the same word. You know, Peter, I'm going to nickname you Rocky, and on this rock I'll build my church. It couldn't be more clear what Jesus is saying. And when you look at the, the history of Acts, the early church, Peter is the prominent leader in the first part of the church's life. Um, Acts 1 through 12 is really about Peter and his leadership. He preaches at Philippi. I preaches at Pentecost. Now, to say all that to say, though, is that this is not an absolute kind of infallible authority um, Jesus has given Peter. He's given Peter and the rest of the apostles his authority as governed by his words, and they are his representatives. And we looked at that passage in Ephesians 2 that Jesus is the cornerstone and the apostles are the foundation. And so Peter, as the sort of the first among equals, is representative of the apostles. And we said that the way Jesus builds his church is upon um, the teachings and the truth once for all delivered for the saints through the apostles, which we now know, of course, is our, is our New Testament. Now, Jesus then says in verse 19 something that's um, much debated and, and misunderstood, and I'll, we're going to try to dig into this a little bit. He says, I will give you, and he's still speaking to Peter, the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Um, so we all know that <clears throat> to have keys to anything is to have ownership, right? Is to have authority. And so if you want to borrow someone else's car, you, bar, you have to have their what? Their keys. If you want to get into somebody's house or their office, you have to have their keys. You understand this. And, and we see this in other parts of the scripture. So, so for example, Revelation 1.18, Jesus is speaking. He says, and the living one, I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. That sounds an awful lot like what Jesus has been saying to Peter. And, and so when, when we talk about keys, it's clear, I think, Jesus is entrusting a specific kind of authority to Peter and the apostles. The question is, what kind of authority is this? Is this a naked authority? Is it, a, is it an authority that's sort of arbitrary, that's not tethered in any way to anything else? It's just up to their whims? Or is this authority... Um, a derived authority from Christ based upon his instructions to them and him acting as their representatives. And obviously, I think it's the latter. And let's, let's look at an example of this, okay? So here, Jesus is speaking of the church. He's talking about the authority that's given to Peter and the apostles. Well, go down to Matthew 18 for a second, all right? And here, Jesus, in verse 15 of Matthew 18, is talking about the idea of governing who is a part of the body and who is not based upon people's profession of faith and their repentance from sin. Now, listen to what Jesus says 
in verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, here it is, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So it's interesting, Jesus is speaking singularly to Peter as representative of the apostles in Matthew 16, and he's giving them a specific kind of authority. But now he's speaking to the entire group of apostles in Matthew 18, and he's giving that authority to the church, of which, of course, they are the representatives of Christ. And so we have to say, then what is the extent or the nature of this authority? What is Jesus speaking at here, speaking to here? What, what kind of authority to, to do what? Okay. One more passage from Matthew that I think will bring this into sharp focus, and then we're going to talk about how that relates to binding and loosing. Okay, Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, the apostles, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Do you see what's happening here? Jesus says, the authority that is mine, I now entrust to you. And you're not free to do anything you want, aka Paul's rebuke of Peter for violating God's word in the church in Antioch. But your authority is a derivative authority that comes from me. And the scope of that authority clearly relates to the ability or the authority to proclaim forgiveness of sins and the gospel, okay? So those words, binding and loosing, um, again, keys to the kingdom, you think about this, it's things that you're keeping bound, things that you're loosing, things that you're, you're releasing, that's the name of the, the nature of the word luo, to release, bind, to capture, to bring to, bring to yourself, what is, what, what is being bound and loosed, okay? And I think it's none other than the proclamation that people's sins can be forgiven by trusting in Jesus Christ. And that if, if, if someone who is walking in darkness turns in faith and repentance and says, I am trusting in Jesus Christ, you and I, the church, we have the authority to tell them your sins are forgiven, okay? Um, and that's not an authority we derive from ourselves. It's an authority that's given to us by the commission of Christ. Now, so go, go back to Matthew 18 just for a second, Matthew 16. By the same token, let me say this as I'm scrolling to the right place, if someone does not confess their sins, does not repent, does not turn to Jesus, we have the authority to tell them their sins are not forgiven. We don't have authority to willy-nilly tell people what to do in the minutia of their lives and bind their consciences, but we do have the authority to speak life and death 
over people's response to Jesus Christ. It's not an authority that we derive for ourselves. It's one that's been given to us, okay? So if you go back to the text for a second, binding and loosing, okay? Um, let's, one other passage we want to look at. Turn, turn to John 20, 23. So he, again, he's speaking to his disciples. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Again, he's not saying you can arbitrarily forgive or not forgive people on behalf of God based upon your whims of what you think should happen. No, 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 no. This is a derived authority that's based upon the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And based upon that, um, we can tell people whether their sins are forgiven or not. We have been given that authority. We, that, that's what it means to share the gospel. That's what it means to proclaim good news. And this is such a great lesson for, for today where some would say, well, this is arrogant, this is presumptuous, this is mean-spirited, this is hate. No, 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 this is love. To tell people of the one way that they can no longer be bound by their sins, but to be loosed into the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ is the most loving and gracious thing that we could ever do for anyone. And so may God give us that grace to exercise that authority under the power of his spirit and the and the bounds of his word okay that that's that was my best shot at taking a run at binding and loosing now tomorrow what we want to do is we want to wrap all of this together um verse 20 then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one he was the christ we want to pick back up there why does he say that and then how does this all sort of fit together um, as, as sort of the foundational, confessional authority we see here in the Gospel of Matthew. So look forward to doing that then, and we'll see you tomorrow. Let me pray. Lord, we need your grace. Um, this is not an authority that's it's not a naked authority. It's, an, it's not an absolute authority. It's, a, it's an authority derived from you because of what you have done on the cross. Lord, let us be bold and gracious in proclaiming it, Father, we do pray that you would guide us into spiritual, evangelistic conversations in all that we do. Lord, we ask for this grace and this help. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.